The Leadership Files, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels. Well, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast. If you're coming back, great to have you back. If it's the first time, I hope you're going to love this. This series is called The Leadership Files. We're doing it because we want to see what it looks like to be a Christian at the top level of elite sport. Leading, real leaders. For some people who are Christians and who are called to this kind of work and it's their vocation, they want to dig deeper on it. Lots of our listeners wouldn't say they are a Christian, but they're fascinated by what difference it would make to be a leader at the highest level of sport and have a Christian faith. Today we're going to be talking to Alison Nicholas. Now, Alison Nicholas was a top-level professional golfer for many years. She won the US Open, and after playing, she went on to captain the European Solheim Cup team and indeed did beat the Americans. Ali really knows what it is to lead in sport. Top player, I could give you a long CV, but you've heard enough about what her career must have been like. So I'm going to dive right into a conversation on leadership that I had with Alison Nicholas. So Alison Nicholas must have shown herself to be a leader because she played Solemn Cup against the US for Europe in 1992, 94, 96, 98 and 2000. So pretty substantial experience. Vice-captain, first of all, in 03, but captain and a victorious captain as well. Uh, captain twice, actually, 2009 and 2011. Um, first of all, as a player, you, you must have been a leader because you end up being captain of the Solemn Cup team in due course, so somebody spots that. What, how do you lead as a professional and a Christian as a player, first of all, what are the leadership things that should emerge if you are a born leader? I don't, I'm not entirely sure if I'm honest, Dano, but uh, I'd have to say that the reason I got picked as a Solheim Cup captain was because I'd played um, a Solheim Cup and they tend, that's the, the number one criteria. So I don't know whether they thought I was a good leader or not, but I think, personally, for me, I've always understood that leadership is about being an example yeah to other people yeah and and you know that's how i've looked, viewed it really um and then obviously my christian faith comes into that because it you know there is a, a value system within uh, that worldview so you, you looking at things through christ's eyes uh, how do i deal with people how, how do we deal with these situations? How would he deal with that? And that's how I've got to, to, to work it through too. What would Christ do in this situation? And then um, that's really the questions that I ask myself in terms of how I deal with things and what I do and how I um, react to, to people and, and circumstances. So in 2009, when you know you are captain, or when you know you're going to be captain in 2009, Give me an example of a point, if you can, where you had to say to yourself, all right, I am in charge here. I want to treat people with respect, which most people want to, obviously. 
but I follow Christ and I need to make a tough decision. Can you remember the first time you came across having to say, what would Jesus want me to do here as you know, big cheese? This is the Solheim Cup, your captain. Can you think of one? Yeah, well, there, were, there were plenty there. And, that, and I found that really difficult because, you know, we all want to be appreciated and respected ourselves. And sometimes when you make tough decisions, when you're a leader, people don't like those decisions. Uh, and particularly at the Solheim Cup, you've got 12 players who play on an individual basis week to week and suddenly we're in a team and it's about the team and that's not easy for any of those players to deal with some easier than others depending on their personality yeah and um, I had to, to make some tough calls and I just tried to to love them in that even if whatever they said to me so if it wasn't very nice I still had to smile and accept them and talk to them um, I think the most important thing was to always talk to them and talk it through. There was one occasion when I couldn't talk as much as that player wanted me to because I'm the captain, we're at the Solheim Cup and I've got to go and do other things, yeah? And so that was perhaps a little bit of a mistake. But on the whole, we just talked it through, let them rant and, and, and have, a, have a go, but still love them in that. Just... My example would be like a like if it was your child, yeah, and that they were you were telling them something or disciplining them in some way, and they'd go off, but you still love them in it and through it, and and stand with them, yeah, even though it, it's painful. Did you ever, or did you, did you develop a style whereby, as the leader, because of course it's all easy when it's all grand and. Um, I'm trying to think who it was now who said about their co uh, who's the best coach you ever played for. And they said, oh, it's easy, the one who picked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's easy. It's somebody from Welsh rugby. Uh, <laughs> who's the worst coach you ever played for? Yeah, the one who never picked me or wouldn't pick me. When you, when you did, as time went by, second Solheim maybe, um, did the way you listened to people change? So... My experience is with managers, I've got to know them and coaches, I've got to know them. They use very few words when they tell you you're not picked. You know, the good ones, they just say, I'm sorry to say you're not playing today or you're not in this pairing or whatever it might be. You let them speak for a bit, but not too much. And you say, well, that's the decision I made. I'm sorry if it's disappointing. Did you change your style of that at all? Um, not too much. I, I'd probably say I was um, gave them a little bit more heads up. Um, but, you, you know, I... I sort of explained that, you know, I have to, to make these decisions and it wasn't a personal thing against the player. It was just that, you know, we had to do things as a team. Sometimes, you, you know, if you're not playing so well, that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean to say that you're not going to play well the next day and I'm not going to include you the next day. So, I, you know, I just, yeah, I probably changed it a little bit. I, I just said that, you know, I'd appreciate it if you'd accept those decisions because those are the decisions I had to make. Um, and I, I, I also, for certain players, I didn't tell them. I got someone else to tell them because they seem to respect that person more than me. So it's just understanding the individuals, which is really key. And then you can make it how you deal with it. You change the way you deal with it depending on their personality and, and, and how they react to things. I think I learned a huge amount from the first time to the second time. You did? Yeah. That's interesting. But sometimes I had to, 
the people that I, I wanted to go and tell um, the individuals didn't quite understand that. So I had to play that scenario out as it was the first time. They saw it, understood it, and then changed it. Ah, that's interesting. So part, oh, that's fascinating to me now. So part of the leadership factor for you is that you've actually worked out that you've got to coach others how you lead if they're to work for you. Well, in a, in a sense, but I had to, you know, this particular situation, the, the person that was helping me didn't see it. He said, no, 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 no. So I had to, to, to let that play out as it had before. Yeah, so I... And then they saw it, and then they said, "Yeah, now I understand." So, if 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 I suppose it is that way in some in in a sense, but it's like I always think that you know it's very difficult for other people to experience things without going through it. Yeah, so it's like an onion. You know, you, you can't say, "Well, this is how it's going to do." You've got to do it like this. You've got to let it play out so that they can experience that, and then 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 they can understand it. And we're definitely moving now, aren't we, Alison? From I mean, they're, they're closely linked, these things. Leading, saying this is where we're going to have to go, must at some point involve coaching people how to do it, how to do it, when they want to do it their own way. Uh, the art of that is immense, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's not an easy thing, um, you know, because we all have our own ideas and how we want to do things and sometimes trying to, steer someone in the direction you think it should go is, is difficult yeah and it, it's just I think it's talking and explaining and uh, things um, and, and sometimes letting them go through stuff so particularly from a coaching perspective now I say okay well you hit a few shots how you want to and then we'll change it and, and then see what happens and then they can see the difference and if they understand it fully, then they can work with it and go away. And, and then I ask them, I really just say, well, it's a choice. You've got a choice here. You know, you can do it my way or you can do it your own way. And that's fine. We'll part ways. That's that's not a problem. How often in your leadership career and coaching career have you had to say, what percentage of times have you had to say, she, he, they're just not teachable here. Perhaps somebody else can teach them. Uh, I'm not coaching this person anymore. Does that happen often? Um, I don't know if it's happened exactly like that, that but they've just gone to someone else, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I'm how thinking. firm are you in drawing lines? Because you, uh, yeah, you, you speak very reasonably. I let you know. Yeah. I, I let people have a go, and I, and I try and tell them and let them talk at me and so on. But I know you. Uh, you're lovely, but. You, there's an iron fist in the velvet glove. You, you know the lines. You do. You do. And it's right. You couldn't possibly have been the leader you, you have been and are without it. But what's the principle there as a Christian? Uh, this has gone too far. How, how do you do that? Yeah, I think you have to be honest with people. Um, I mean, I, you know, I had people yesterday and, you know, it was like, you know, she's struggling with the changes, but you could see the difference. And, you know, we, it's difficult when you've, embedded some movement skill in for every period of time is it's hard to change but to get better you have to to do those things and the person realized in the end but it was a struggle so I said well it's up to you you've got to make that decision for yourself 
And she then has to say, I, I will. Yeah. And if she won't, you say, that's fine, no problem. Yeah. And then, you know, I then would say, well, there's no point in coming here yeah. to me anymore. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had that conversation yet, but I might have to. Yeah. See, I've read stats. Stats mean stats mean anything. <laughs> Probably about seven percent of people are able to do what you just described. For ninety-three percent of people, that is a horrendous situation to be in because there's a conflict coming, and there's no chance that you've got time on the ball in the conflict because it just kills you. You can't sleep the night before, and all sorts of things. Have you ever been sleepless over this kind of decision making? Solemn cup must be. You must oh, it was, yeah. Solheim Cup, it was, yeah, I did have sleepless nights, um, particularly running up to the picks. So, you know, I'm, I've got to speak to people. I'm going to disappoint people. Have I made the right decision? Um, and it was interesting, The follow afterwards, the following two years, the captain was, uh, I said, look, you know, if you want to talk about your picks or anything, I'm there. Okay, just I said I don't want to interfere because it's your captaincy, your style of leadership. Um, and she just said to me, "I'm not sleeping." I said, "Yeah, that's part of it." <laughs> and it is, you know, tough decisions. Leadership is, uh, and that's okay. Um, but I wouldn't say. I think Solheim Cup, yes, a lot of tossing and turning. My coaching. I question things because I always want to do things right. But I wouldn't say I have a sleepless nights over that. I can see why, of course, because it's about the intensity and the level and the, the life story and the identity mm. of the event and the player and the situation you're in. It's very different teaching at a club level to an amateur than that, of course. Your Christian faith then, uh, all the principles that you talk about, they're good principles, they're leadership principles, and people are listening to us who would say, well, I have no faith in Christ. But everything you stand for, Alison, I stand for as a coach, that's why I want to work myself. How would you say, you know, really, when you're, you're talking to somebody who's thinking like that, what is the real, I don't know, the USP, the unique thing about your relationship with God that has informed your leadership and your coaching career then. Is there a unique thing for you about the Christian faith? I think the Bible, you know, when you read the Bible, there's so much great instruction there. And I think people see it as rules and regulations. Um, and so they sort of, you know, and I think, but I think those are important. I think they're just guidelines because God wants the best for us. So if we introduce them and, 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 and play them out, then they, they benefit us. And I think people just see them as rules that they're restrictive. Um, you know, I, what's the one scripture is it about everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And I think that is key for me. Um, and that drives me, really. I think there's so many rich things in the Bible that people think aren't relevant, what there are, which aren't relevant in this world today. But in fact, they're so much more relevant than people think. Love, forgiveness, honesty, you know, um, massive. Look at the what's happening in the world today, you know, it's, it, it's scary. And we, we don't, you know, and it, England is a Christian nation. We were, you know, the culture is based on Christian values. I think they're massive. Um, and so really, I, I think it's been 
without that, I, I think I would have been in trouble, to be honest. Mm. I, think, I don't know where I would have been right now. Is there an underpinning thing in this that... I like the way you talk about the fact that not really, really get to know the Bible because you may think it's archaic, but the instructions that you assume are good ones as a coach, as a leader, they're actually embedded in the Bible. Is there something else in here? You talked early, earlier on, you, you talked about your identity. You've also talked about the way you want to treat people. Uh, it, I'm translating it as at the elite level, you're not just a golfer, you're not just a person who, who, come, who comes to be coached by me today. You kept your identities almost moving on retirement because of a personal relationship with Christ. Is that a dynamic factor in your leadership beyond what, how you coach people, but how you live deep inside? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I you know... It, I made a decision because I believe that this the Christian life is 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 what Christianity is true. Um, so therefore, you know that is. Although I struggled with my identity a little bit because I've forever been talked about as Alison the golfer, <laughs> but my identity is in Christ, and and all the foundation of of, of the biblical values is is. I try to integrate into my life. I'm not saying that I'm successful at it, particularly because my humanness, I make mistakes. But that's where forgiveness and that whole area is is important. Um, not only in the Christian life, just life in general. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I just think that the more I read in the Bible, and the more I understand what Christ was like. I try and build my, how I think and my values on, on how he was with other people. I can't say that I find it easy because I am a competitor. I'm driven. So I get irritated fairly quite easily. So it's always a challenge because mm. my humanness comes through. But, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean to say you're perfect. In fact, it's an admittance that you're not and you need a saviour. Well, Ali... Uh, that was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, talk about serious honesty, rigorous candour. Huh. That's what we got from Alison Nicholas there. And I think the whole point about this podcast series is to think really hard about leadership and the influence of having a faith in Christ on your leadership, how Christ's words, how the Bible shapes the way you view not just your leadership but the identity of the human being that you are that you're not a leader you're a person who leads and you're not even just a person who leads you are a person who has faith in the God who made you to lead and the fascinating thing about this series is how that changes the way you use the gifts that you believe God has given you as a leader it's absolutely class, isn't it? Listening to people of this calibre at the top level of sport work through their God-given leadership gifts. Gosh, I hope it encourages you. I mean, it really does me. Great. Well, that was the second of our series, The Leadership Files. 
You can catch up with last month's episode with Chris Jones, rugby coach, right now. And there will be more in this series over the next few months. The way to do it, subscribe on iTunes to be the first to find out when a new episode is released. Uh, You can find all of the episodes for the last few years, actually, on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Just search for Christians in Sport. You can also hear the interview with Alison about her playing career there. You can also hear the interview with Alison about her playing career there. And, of course, there are many more top-level athletes in our series discussing their sport and their Christian faith. If you get a chance, having listened, would you be kind enough to leave us a review on iTunes? It really helps us get more people listening to the podcast. And finally, as always, if you're an athlete, why not get in touch with us at christiansinsport.org.uk? We'd love to hear from you. See you later. Have a good one.